Welcome to Analyzing Television, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for taking a look at news, topics and situations in the world of television. I'm your host Matthew and today I'm going to talk about old TV shows, representation and diversity and how those things do or don't match up to each other sometimes. Okay, so what prompted me to do this episode, as I mentioned on the uh, the question I posed, which was the death of the multi-cam sitcom shows. Because uh, I mentioned recently that when I wash up sometimes, I've been re-watching uh, Friends in the background. Just something easy and simple to stick on, but something that I know I'll, I'll enjoy. And uh, obviously I can yeah, multitask while I'm watching and, and that kind of thing. This conversation's come up in the past, and I've commented on it here and there, but I thought I would do a, a whole kind of episode on it. Now that I've been, you know, back on with watching an older, not an old, old TV show, there, there are shows which are in this same ballpark and category that apply here, but aren't obviously, that, that are obviously older than Friends as well. But um, yeah, just kind of like um, taking a look at old shows and how they match up to, you know, today's tv shows and how it how they all sit in terms of representation uh diversity and how all that kind of goes um i've seen a number of uh comments over li- li- literally over over the years um not just from you know people online and that sort of thing but you know actors uh showrunners executives um directors you know different people that are actually involved with the making of these things and there's been some comments thrown around over the last couple of years um, as we've gotten into the cultural sort of generation that we're in now as to, okay, looking back on some of these old shows, uh, some of the examples I'm going to use today are going to be Friends um, and Only Fools and Horses. Those are two that I sort of know well enough that I can use them as sort of examples of kind of what I'm getting at here. Um, and kind of compare them somewhat to, to new shows in the same sort of ballpark and things. Um, there's a lot of different angles to kind of look at this because there is the character side of things, which is, okay, who have you got that you're representing in your TV show? What type of person have you got? What type of character have you got in your TV show? Um, writers, so how, you know, um, if it is a comedy, how are the jokes being handled, that sort of thing, are the, what, what are the characters sort of saying, what's the conversation that they're talking about, um, the treatment of characters as well, that, that those sorts of things that go into it, um, and kind of, uh, yeah, that, those sort of ballpark of, of um, how we look at TV shows today. Um, yeah, some of the comments I've seen over the years have been things like, oh, you know, the in-betweeners couldn't be made today or, you know, things like 40 Towers or Fools and Horses or Blackadder or things like um, the carry-on shows and films and all that kind of stuff. And uh, one of the newer examples is things like Friends. Friends is a, well, it's not that old. I mean, it started the year I was born. So uh, it, it's near, nearly 30 years old, but it's not quite, you know, it's not as old as something like a Fools and Horses or Forty Towers, or those those sorts of things. Um, so I am going to be focusing on the sitcom sort of comedy genre here, as opposed to what happens in uh, drama TV. Um, specifically because you know the conversation does come up now and again about like, oh, are, are the jokes appropriate in the show? Well, how do they stand up to like today's standards of you know 
being culturally appropriate. I don't really, I don't dislike the term politically correct, but it's not one that I tend to use. I understand what that means. It's just, I prefer to like phrase that a bit differently, but um, culturally sort of appropriate is the way that I put it rather than politically correct. But anyway, um, yeah, it's interesting, specifically from Friends' standpoint, that's a, that's a, uh, one that I can talk about a bit more. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of, you know, because what we're essentially looking at for, for, like, the character's point of view is, again, like, who who are your lead characters? Who are they being played by? Um, and who on screen do those fictional characters represent? Obviously, that depends on who you're hiring for the roles and all that kind of stuff. If you do take friends, for example, obviously you've got Ross, Chandler, Phoebe, Rachel, Monica, and Joey, right? Your main six characters. Um, there's other characters that pop up, like there's, um, oh, what's her name? Janet, and, you know, some other, like, you know, some of the ex-boyfriends and girlfriends that are in Friends and that kind of show, and that kind of thing. Um, okay, so if you look at Friends' set of characters, um, and you look at, okay, what what would a show, if you're looking at a show, and you say, okay, how can the show be better for its diversity? If you specifically think about what diversity actually means, which is having a diverse, different set of characters that don't represent the same group of people, because there are, you know, we all come in all shapes, sizes, colours and genders and sexualities, right? Like, you know, pe- pe- there's lots lots of different groups and types of people. Um, okay, so you, the, the main thing that's been pointed out is, like, okay, Friends doesn't have any main... I can't remember, like, down the line if, if many black characters get introduced, but in terms of the main six, which is the, the characters I'm focusing on, um, none of them are black, right? They're all straight characters. There's actually, interestingly, in the first... Because I'm about 11 episodes into my season one rewatch, there's a particular episode that does focus on, like, um, a work colleague of Chandler's that thinks that he might be gay and, in fact, tries to set him up on a date with a guy. And he, he he's not disgusted or disdained by the idea. He's genuinely confused as to why, why does somebody think I come across as gay? And he has a conversation with the friends later in the episode. I think it's like episode 8 or 9 of season 1. I watched it very recently. And they're like, oh, you have like a quality to you and, and that sort of thing. And even if you if you take that episode as an, as an isolated thing and look at, okay, how in today's day and age would a show handle the potential of a character being gay? And obviously, if you look at the context, and context is very, very, very important for these things, right? If you look at the context of how the episode, how the episode's written and how the characters deal with and how Chandler himself deals with the idea of the, the question that's posed, which is, is Chandler gay? Why do people think that he's gay? Why does his uh, co-worker at work think that he might be gay? To a point where she thought, she wasn't just thinking, oh, is he? She thought, no, he is, to the point where I'm going to tell him I'm setting him up with a date. And why has that happened? And it's played off in a bit more of a comedic sense, but not a sort of like, haha you're gay and that's weird or or whatever it's sort of it's almost like this curious sort of comedy um the the way it's written because the characters try to very curiously say to him like oh we thought like oh you have you have a particular quality to you or that kind of thing and there's there's different sort of scenes within the episode where he talks to um there's like this joke that goes around in the office 
that he's working at and it's like oh you you couldn't um pick up a brian brian's like one of the people that works in a department with him or near him or something and because there's this joke about like oh even if you were gay brian's kind of out your league and stuff and um as somebody who is bi um and i looked at the episode and obviously i look at it with a little bit of a different light as to where i where i did a few years ago because uh, when I saw the episode was a few years ago, because only only very recently, kind of within the last maybe four years ago or so, where I actually fully watched Friends back to front for the for the first time. I'd seen episodes here and there, but I watched it back to front for the first time. Um, and even watching it with today's like where, where I am at personally with my life and and that sort of thing today with my own sexuality and how the world is today, which even was different four years ago when I watched the show, and even was different back in ninety four or ninety five when the episode aired so you got different points of cultural difference which is, which is one of the main points here um but i was fine with the way the episode played it out and like how the characters responded but you can see what the episode was trying to do and i i think it was perfectly fine um so that's just like a an isolated sort of small example um to to stick with the friends thing for a minute cuz i will touch upon some some other shows um and there were some comments. I think it was when I think it was when there was that period. I think it was in the US when Netflix was leaving. Sorry, not Netflix. Friends was leaving Netflix, and it was going over to was it HBO? Yes, yeah, Warner Brothers thing. It was going over to HBO, and the conversation came up about, about like, oh, how well they said politically correct. I would say culturally appropriate. How like culturally appropriate is Friends? Is it okay to watch and this kind of stuff? The main thing I would look at and say with whether it would be 40 Towers, I haven't actually seen 40 Towers, whether it be 40 Towers or Fools and Horses or Friends or any sort of like pre-2000s-ish sort of show um, is, okay, you can look at these episodes and see where things are slightly awkward or slightly off or the way a character talks about somebody who's different to him or different to them or whatever and you know that that sort of thing i myself think if if we're looking back on these shows and watching them and trying to look out for sort of how culturally appropriate is the show as opposed to today's standards and that sort of thing i think it's okay to go back and look at these episodes and think oh that's different to how it would be today and yes sure if you made a false analysis today or you made a friends show today it would be different to what those two shows are like at, at the moment, to, to the versions that exist. My kind of problem with this whole conversation is, and there's lots of different groups of people that approach this from a different standpoint, obviously. Okay, so if you if you yourself look at Friends or Falls and Horses or something like that and say, okay, it's not culturally appropriate and we like shouldn't watch it or whatever, right? What do we do about that? What do you expect to happen with that? Because if the idea of that really is to take it to... Okay, because there has been things that have been like rebooted for a modern age to, to better and for worse effects, right? Would you reboot Friends? Would you reboot Only Falls and Horses? Because that runs into a whole bunch of other problems that you couldn't get past there's a phrase I, I don't think i've ever used it before but is one that i understand which is called lightning in a bottle okay let's say you take friends right you take all six characters how do you make this the, the, the same show now with the same um because sure you could 
you could make a reboot of Friends and have six different characters. That's something that you you can do. That's to me when you look at older things like that and you want to okay, let let's go in and make the same thing. Let's reboot it but have a different set of characters. That is the better approach to what's kind of slightly been suggested. Because okay, let's go to Jennifer Aniston and Matthew Perry and you know, all, all the other people that are in the show. They are much older. Now, Jennifer Aniston is in, what's she, in her 50s? They're all in their, like, 40s, 50s. I don't know the age of all of them, but you could not play them as the 20-somethings that they're supposed to be because the whole idea for the thing is, hey, here's a bunch of 20-something young people who are in New York or in America, in wherever they are, um, and they're trying to sort out their love lives, their careers, their relationships, their apartments, who they're living with. You know, it's that kind of that's that's the whole basis of the, of the show, and like who likes who, and the will they won't they's of Rachel and Ross and Chandler and you know, all the, all these different things. Um, so that would that number one that wouldn't work if you were to okay let's let's rewrite Friends or something or let's rewrite Fools and Horses, bring back like the original cast, David Jason, who's like much older now. Um, and like Nicholas Lindhurst, who's older, and obviously the other cast, that wouldn't make any sense because you wouldn't even have the same type of characters. Whether you talk about Fools and Horses or Friends, you would not have the same type of characters because you couldn't you couldn't do a twenty somethings Friends show in the same way with a cast that's in their forties and fifties. I know that you can make certain exceptions to like, okay, this actor's in their mid to late thirties, and you play them off as like an older twenty eight year old. That can work in certain cases, but not if you've got a cast that's in their forties and fifties and are trying to play them off as middle twit like my age, like middle twenties years old. That's just not going to work at all. Okay, you take option two. You recast everybody, right? You recast Rachel and Chandler, Chandler and Monica, Ross, Phoebe. You would completely lose all of the magic that that cast has got. You would lose all of it. Um, so that wouldn't work either. Um, so if you wanted to look to to do like, hey, we're going to like, I don't know, rate mate, uh, we're going to recast Rachel as a black person, and then we're going to make Chandler gay, or you know, it just would not have, it wouldn't be the same thing. You'd be, you'd be creating something different. You'd be creating something different. Plus, like, imagine, because like the the main area to me of friends is that the main apartment, not not Joey and. Chandler's apartment, the the other main one, the, the main one with like, I was going to say with the kitchen, but the other apartment's got a kitchen. You know what I mean, where Rachel and um, Monica start off in season one, that's the main area. Can you imagine watching a scene and it's supposed to be friends and like you've got six totally different cast members, regardless of like, you know, skin colour and that type of stuff. You've got six totally different cast members, right? Who you're then supposed to be watching and thinking, oh no, that's that's now Rachel, that's Ross and Monica and Phoebe. It just would not work at all. There's certain shows where, like, because I'm all for recasting if the situation makes sense. Let's say an actor has like moved on or busy schedule or got fired for some reason. There's this there's situations where recasting a character makes sense and should happen, but not in that situation. Um, but yeah, if you rewrote all of Friends, let's say you somehow kept all the same storylines, right? But you rewrote Friends as a modern day series and you recasted everybody because the cast is a lot older and it, it wouldn't work in the same way. Um, 
you would lose all of the magic of the original series. And you, you could apply the exact same thing to basically any of the other shows that I've brought up, whether it would be Forty Towers or like uh, Fools and Horses or Inbetweeners or any of those other ones. Like if you take, um, oh, what's his name? Forgot, uh, is it James Buckley? I think it is the one that plays Jay. Imagine you try and recast Jay as somebody. Because obviously, even those guys, right, over on the in-betweeners. Um, okay, you try to, you recast, um, what are their names? Neil, Jay, Simon, and, uh, oh god, what's the other one's name? <laughs> Neil, Jay, Simon, and, um, oh my god, why can't I think of the four in-betweeners names? Jay, Simon, Neil, oh, Will, Will's the other one, of course, yeah. Um, you recast all, all four of them or something. You rewrite in between us for from modern age. Again, just totally wouldn't work. Totally would not work at all. So seeing some, seeing somebody else and a character like Jay, particularly in the in between us, is like one of the more probably the like most standout, most unique character in in between us, right? And okay, okay, I'm not saying another actor can't do that. There's lots of talent in the world, but capturing that character that there's just certain actors that you just look at and they're recognizable for their roles and that sort of thing and i don't really think you could necessarily do it with any of them again unless you're doing a total reboot and you're making something like in between us and it has none of the same characters and it's got like um what's it called you make like a new set of characters but you you try to do like the similar different personalities between them and you make the same show it can work that would be better than trying to recast everybody. I mean, speaking of the in-betweeners, we did see... I mean, I've not seen a single actual proper episode of it, but I've seen enough clips. They tried to do a US remake of um, in-betweeners, and that, that wasn't supposed to be the same thing I'm talking about here, which is a modern-day rewriting of it. That was literally just um, America trying to do The Office again, which obviously The Office is a much more successful example of, hey, we're going to give you four totally different cast members... Um, to try and fill these roles, and none of them worked. None of the, none of the show worked. That's more of like a UK to, to US conversion problem, um, where that just didn't work at all. None of the jokes landed. Comedic time was all was all off, and that sort of thing, and it just wouldn't work. So that's kind of that section of this. Hi there. If you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link, which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system, which is usually in the bottom right-hand corner, to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today. So that's Kualu, and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today. Thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link. Hi there. If you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or 
a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review so it's one of either of those per month of course if you continue subscribing each month you can pick a tv show then a film the next month and so on and so forth this is a great way to support entertainment talk get your ad free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening back to the show okay the other way to look at all this as well is okay yeah you're watching betweeners or friends or fools and horses Okay, there might be a thing or two that the characters say that you think, oh, you would, you wouldn't really necessarily. You can't get away with that scene, but that's not how that scene would be written in this day and age because things have just changed and evolved in in the way that the world is. I think if if you're somebody who's looking to make a comedy or make a sitcom or a multicam sitcom, whatever, something in the same ballpark. And okay, you want to, you want to avoid the now potential problems that those those older shows have got. And the three shows I've mentioned are fantastic. Falls and Horses, probably the best British show of all time. In Between Us, incredible show. Um, Friends, maybe one of the best American comedies ever. Uh, certainly in terms of sitcoms. I mean, there's a lot of obviously American shows, but three shows which I really really like. I haven't actually seen. All of all of all of Falls and Horses. I'm sort of working my way through it, but I've seen about roughly half of it. Um, but even the episodes that I've seen, there's some really awesome, like iconic moments in Falls and Horses, um, which again are created through the writing and through like David Jason's acting. Can you imagine the task? Let, let's focus on David Jason for a second. If you ever dared, ever dared to try and recast Del Boy. No, I don't care about, okay, I've said, like, you know, there's a lot of talented actors in the world, and there is. There are certain actors that are completely irreplaceable in those roles. You can never, ever have another person ever play Del Boy, ever. Um, Doesn't matter who the actor is, how talented they are, and there's, you know, there's some funny and some comedic actors out there that I really like. You just, you just would look at... Again, this is using the example of like if you were to do a modern day reworking of Fools and Horses, um, you might be able to get rid of that, get away with that with some of the other characters. Maybe some of them, maybe. But David Jason, when you see him as Del Boy, is completely irreplaceable. Um, it would just be weird. It would just come off as totally weird. So again, the whole like recasting thing for that wouldn't work. But to get to kind of the main point I'm trying to get to here with the um, the other side of this. Okay, if you want to make a modern day show with today's um, cultural standards and, and those sorts of things. And trying to make a more diverse show, you know, whether you want more LGBTQ characters or more people of colour or black characters or more uh, women in these shows. Because although there's obviously the three um, female characters in Friends, you've got Monica... Uh, Rachel and Phoebe. Uh, that's a bit of a unique situation. Um, in the Inbetweeners, you've got like a couple of female characters. Uh, in Falls and Horses, you've got a couple of them. But the main leads for the main leads for most of the three shows I've just mentioned are all male leads. So again, in in terms of today's like cultural standards, um, yeah, you do want to hopefully represent more of the 
more of the world's kind of population, you know, where you have, okay, more LGBTQ characters, more black characters, uh, color, characters of color, um, or any other sorts of, you know, different type of people that are in the world, you want to represent them in your show. That's what representation is about, is other people in the world seeing characters who look like them and represent them be portrayed in TV shows. And also literally creates more diversity within the characters that are on your tv shows so in terms of looking back at these old shows and that specific element i think we can just use them to learn from them you know okay look you look back at falls Norses and friends and things like that okay not a massive amount of diversity in those shows and yeah the way those shows are written were culturally written for the things at the time you're talking back in the 90s and you know even before that for some of these shows we should just simply use it for, um, okay, as as a learning experience, as sort of, okay, if you want to avoid the um, uh, previous uh, cultural sort of standards of those shows, then don't write them in the same way that they're, they're written. For example, if you were to do a modern day, um, let's say, comedy episode, and you wanted to tackle something similar as to the the Chandler episode that I, re- that I referenced, which is where you know that he's questioning his own sexuality because of what's been brought up and and that sort of thing, um, that episode would be written differently today. And even if you fast forward ten years and then twenty years, it would be handled differently then and thereafter. Um, so I think it's just simply a case of looking at some of those shows, st- taking some cues as to what does work for comedy, because there is some stuff that does hold up quite quite well in those shows still. Um, it's interesting though, because when I've read more specifically recently about Friends and like, oh, is the show problematic? And I I wouldn't say it's problematic, definitely not. Uh, Unless there's some stuff in later seasons that I've forgotten or haven't gotten around to in in this rewatch that I'm doing. Um, there's still some stuff within those shows that really, really, like comedic timing and writing and acting and how those things literally glue together. Um... There's a couple of times where, like, okay, you've got the two lesbian uh, mothers in the show. You've got, like, the awkward family situation with um, Ross, obviously, and the, and, and the lesbian uh, situation there. And, like, Ross is being a bit awkward about some of it. And, like, um, there's even a part in one of the other episodes I saw recently. And uh, I can't remember the names of the, the two women that I'm talking about. But one, one of them's his ex-girlfriend that he... Uh, is it he got them pregnant or... I can't remember how the character got pregnant specifically, but that was an ex um, of Ross's that left him for a woman who became a lesbian. And, okay, there's a part of it towards Ross that you can understand the awkwardness. Um, but there's kind of an interesting part in in one of the episodes where um, uh, the 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 woman within the two of them that, that's actually pregnant, um, Ross goes over to the house... And she says, oh, do you want to hear about the sex? And it's played off jokingly as if Ross thinks, oh, she's going to literally talk about the sex that the two of the women are having. And Ross has this awkward, um, and it kind of works, has this awkward kind of like, oh, gee, you know, it's it's different to, you know, difficult enough to, to, to know this is kind of happening. And like, you know, I don't need to know the specifics. And she's like, no, the sex of the baby. Um... And there are parts within that where it's like, okay, Ross shouldn't be, shouldn't be as uh, uncomfortable with that. But then it also kind of makes sense 
because of how the way she's phrased it, but then it's Ross kind of misunderstanding what she's saying in the first place. But again, if you look at that scene today, the expectation would should would and should be um okay, if a couple who is LGBTQ in this case L, which is lesbian, um tries to discuss with another character about their relationship that shouldn't be played off as like oh these all oh, this 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 is like this is weird it's not it's not a straight relationship it's it's weird it's not exactly played off like that it it is played off as more of just Ross's confusion as to what she's saying because he thinks she's literally talking about the sex that two of them are having but she's actually talking about the sex of the baby because she's just gone for a scan and found out the um sex of the baby and that's what she actually means but it's the way that it's portrayed towards Ross that's more kind of oh I, I don't know if I want to I don't know if I want to hear about that but you understand a bit more for him why that's awkward because it's um the partner of his ex-girlfriend suggesting from his misunderstanding talking about their sex life so it's not specifically sort of Ross is thinking, oh, this woman wants to awkwardly explain to me her sex life with, with her lesbian partner. It's because of the whole ex-girlfriend part. Um, and it is played off like that and it, it does work. But there's a small element of it of like, um, oh, it's, it's it's the lesbians. It, it's, it's a bit strange. Um, which again, if that scene was written today, it would be written and, and portrayed a bit differently, depending on the show and the quality of the writers on this other show. But... Yeah, I simply just think, you know, I, I don't think it's fair necessarily to go back and to, and to criticise these shows. I think that we can use them as as a learning part as to how to treat diverse characters, how to treat different scenarios in, in writing, in acting, in, in, in directing and all that kind of thing. And hopefully we, we can learn, from, or writers can sort of learn from it and, and uh, do a bit better with it. But again, my... My issue with it is, okay, if you have a problem with how that's being written, you have to simply understand that, yes, Friends was written over 20 years ago. It is going to be different to today's sort of cultural standards. But what do you want to do about that? You cannot go back and just rewrite or remake Friends for today's day and age because that just would not work, you know. Whether it's bringing back the cast and, like, rewriting 10 seasons of this thing... Um, or like recasting every like it, it just wouldn't work. That Friends, as a show that it is, whether you like it or not, whatever, is lightning in the bottle. You can't recast and recreate that. Um, so yeah, that's just uh, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. But I thought it was an interesting part, and just given the comments that we continue to have about diversity and representation in 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 television and in in films and stuff. Um, I mean, there was just just a slight sort of off-topic from thing from this. There was some discussion recently about like what Warner Brothers wants to do with Harry Potter because clearly they want to keep doing stuff with the IP. And there were some suggestions of like a reboot of Harry Potter and this kind of stuff. How I think you should handle that reboot is okay. Go back to Hogwarts, the castle. Obviously, you pick a time period, um, and you make let's let's say it's a group of three because it was Hermione, Ron, and Harry. You make three new characters and new stories and you tell that story rather than rebooting slash recasting the characters and like, okay, recasting Harry and Ron and Hermione, like 
it wouldn't work. It it, it just it just wouldn't work. Um, like remaking um, Harry Potter, and we've seen from the example of like Hogwarts Legacy, that still takes like literally the magic of the world, which is okay. Let's set it within the world of Hogwarts and the castle and like you know things at Hogsmeade and all, all that kind of stuff and the, the good old you know broomsticks and wands and things but we're going to completely detach it from Harry Potter you literally make your own character and then we'll tell a story with that which was a much better idea than hey let's make a open world Harry Potter game oh will it tie into the films will it not what are we going to do no we'll just make a bunch of new characters who you get to know to learn which doesn't interfere with the Harry Potter storyline and you can just do it from there um, which also, again, gives you another opportunity to, okay, if we're going to make a bunch of new characters, we can make a more diverse group of characters, which is sort of what they've done. Again, depends on what character you make and that sort of thing. So hopefully I've explained my point with all that. I think I have. Um, but yeah, we need to use these older shows as learning experiences. Um, still enjoy them for what they are. I don't think anybody should feel like, you know, guilty for enjoying those shows. I think that's a, bit, a little bit silly. Um, but to just keep in mind that, okay, if you don't think these shows are culturally appropriate anymore, um, then what do you, what's your solution to that? Like, you can't remake, reboot, recast these things because you won't get that same magic. Whether it is bringing back Jennifer Aniston and rewriting the whole thing again for 10 years, or recasting Rachel and Monica, and like, that, it just wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work. Um, and you certainly couldn't do it with Del Boy. You certainly couldn't have anybody else playing Del Boy. Um, I would even say, you know, even in another 10 years or something, and hopefully we don't have any sort of remake or reboot for Fools and Horses, you've still got David Jason doing his magic in Fools and Horses, which you could still go and watch. Um, and that's the way that show's supposed to be. So yeah, it's not up to today. Those shows aren't up to today's cultural standards and things like that, but you can't recreate them and we can just learn from them so anyway what do you think of all this uh situation that's going on um have you thought about it much at all uh what do you think in terms of remakes reboots recasting that sort of thing do you think i'm wrong do you think that you could recast all the friends characters or recast you know some of these other characters and sort of redo these shows i don't personally think that you can do that i think if you want to make something similar you just got to do a reboot with new characters i think is the uh is the way to go. Anyway, let me know your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org. Twitter, eTalkUK. There's a contact page of information in your show notes. Email box on the website version of the episode. And the clickable email name in your show notes as well. In the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on EntertainmentTalk.org. TV, game, films, main night podcasts and podcast platforms. Entertainment Talk. For that, you can also tell other people about what we're doing. Where they can find it. Either by just telling them or using social media. And that kind of thing. Uh, Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers, ad-free podcast review options. Have a look out for that as well if you'd like to. TV and film news over on Geek Town Radio, geektown.co.uk. Um, for renewals, cancellations, pickups, air dates, check out all of that. Geek Town Radio on Tuesdays. Bex over on Twitch, Trista BYTES for retro, retro chat and game streams, all that sort of thing. Check out what she's doing over there. Me over on Twitch at eTalkUK and YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks very much for listening, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.